0: So diversity is not just a skin color issue, and I think to make it so is to make it really small, really small way of seeing the world and the kingdom of God, and it may even be kind of a reverse racism of sorts. This is a Life School Podcast, episode number 204. Is your initial community as diverse as the family of God, or do you represent a bunch of people who all look and think pretty much the same way? A lot of people today will ask, you know, why the church or our missional communities or small groups or whatever are so segregated and why aren't they more diverse? In this episode, we're going to look at some of the reasons why this is and why there may be false expectations connected to all of it. Maybe you're already more diverse than you think. And we'll also give you some practical ways to look at your own church and community groups and begin to discern new opportunities for diversity. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here
0: with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, Heath. Good to be back, man. Yeah, pretty, man. Pretty excited about this episode. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be one... Well, I don't want to say too much more, but this can be one that people are going to be like on one side or the other. I know it. Like, if they listen all the way to the end, they're going to be like, wait a minute, is he saying? And some people are going to be like, exactly. So, no, I like it, man. Hey, uh, let's
1: get to a review. Yeah, before Uh, we get jumping. Yeah. yeah, And the review actually came from a man named Brian Jennings, who you're going to know about him in a couple episodes. And he's a become same guy. Yeah, same guy. Recently became a huge fan of the podcast. Uh, He said that this podcast is shaping and engaging. He says, "Life School is a brilliant resource. It's shaped my mind, motivated me to seek new ways to love my neighbor, and it's also fun and engaging. You won't be sorry if you give it a try." So, thanks, Brian. We'll talk to you in two episodes.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of almost weird, like space time continuum loop. I know, I so, because he, he, he's a guest, we already have booked. Yeah, is he just like trying to get in good with us? Like we're gonna so. rip this guy apart on the. He's a now. new fan of the show. I was like, I yeah, wrote a book. He... Let's talk. Oh, he's great. Well, good for him, and I'm excited for that episode. Anyway.
1: (laughs) A part of the community that we have on the Facebook group um, actually recommended this episode. Uh, This topic? Yeah, there was a member in there that said, hey, I got an idea for an episode that I would really could use some help with. Uh, And they were essentially asking us how to diversify existing uh, missional communities, because they were
0: finding that their community was starting to look and feel a little bit about the same. (laughs) Yeah, well... So for us to kind of address this, and I love that suggestion, so thank you uh, out there in Facebook Life School group land. Um, I I love this topic, and we're going to address it not just from a missional community standpoint. We're going to look at it from like sort of a church-wide perspective, but then we will get there, and we will drill down on specifically, okay, your missional community, because that's much more localized than even most church gatherings right so um it's interesting i found this quote martin luther king jr once pointed out that sunday was the most segregated or most homogeneous day of the week wow and and i think it's probably true yeah you know and i've actually had people um of different color ethnicity background than me say ah brother just so you know it ain't just white people Hmm. Like, in fact, I have found that to be the opposite. So it's an issue, right? It it, it exists. And um, I have to preemptively say, please, 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 before you try to guess where you think we're going with this and then want to label us, you know, one way or the other, please listen to the whole thing. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. So anyway, um, I, I have to start by talking about this issue of diversity is to say, we love ourselves, okay? (laughs) We just do. As humans, we have always preferred to be and live with and among people who are most like ourselves. Right. Yep. I've said it before. Uh, I know to you, at least, Heath, but I know I've said it probably before on the show as well Is like, um, I like me. I like all my opinions. And my day is generally pretty great if no one is like disagreeing with me or pushing up <laughs> against. out of your way. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, like everything goes my way. As sure. my sovereignty isn't being bumped up against or thwarted or <laughs> yeah, denied. Exactly. Then it's good. Right. But diversity is not just about skin color. Though I think we most often make that word diversity mean that we make it about race or skin color, sure. and then we wonder why and wish it were different. But see, I have to start by saying first off, diversity comes in all shapes and sizes and ages, etc. So here's a quick little list okay, okay. of things that are would represent diversity with any group of people, be it a church, a missional community, or just people sitting in a room, okay? Uh, how about age differences? Hmm. Uh, men and women, that's sexually diverse, right? Yeah. Um, married or single okay. or engaged or whatever. Uh, people with kids or no kids, um, there, there's differences. Yeah. Um, special needs or disabilities, people with you know special needs or disabilities being part of a community, yeah. um, there's a the difference. Um, age and stage of life, you know, where are you at? How old are you? know, first, you know, are you at your first job? Or are you retired? Um, connected to that is like economic levels, which has been a historical marker of separation in society. Yeah, exactly. Um, you part of a community where everybody makes the exact same money? Nope. Uh, not me. Yeah. You know, I read it all over the map. I have, literally, I have friends that are like many, 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 many times millionaires, and I got people that are scraping. Yep. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's us. No. Ah, uh, no, we're all right. <laughs> um, uh, ec- so how about homeless people that are part of the community? Hmm. Or family nationality of origin. Think about how many different nations are represented in your church or missional community. If you looked at like, oh, well, they're German and they're, but they are only half German and they're these are French and these people are from Norwegian, you know, sure. Norway. So how about sexual orientation? Some oh, people yeah. see themselves and they identify differently and, and within a community or even within a church. Yep. Um, and we're not going to get into that issue, but sure. but still it exists, right? Yeah. That's a diversity, uh, political affiliations, educational levels. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, look, list. look at all. And that's just, you know, what I came up with, like bleh, top of my mind, look at all the cultural diversity, cultural diversity represented with the, just that list. Okay. So diversity is not just a skin color issue. And I think to make it so is to make it really small, really mm. small way of seeing the world and the kingdom of God. And it may even be kind of a reverse racism of sorts. You know, if I make diversity only about your skin, then maybe I'm a racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm saying that's the number one thing that identifies you as different. Yeah. Not your identity in Christ, not who God's created you uniquely to be and to do in the world. I've never thought of it that way before, It's man. It's just too small. Yeah, it and, makes and, sense. And it's a bit of a red herring. Like, oh, well, you guys are diverse. Look at everybody's the same color. It's like, Oh my gosh! Just look at the list I just yeah. gave. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, like, with my within my own family, there's a wide and diverse group of people that have become part of this family, and it's not just a skin color issue. Um, my my sister, uh, my oldest sister Deb, she married Ruben like a zillion years ago, right out of high school. Okay. Um, he's Hispanic. Okay, he's, he's he's Mexican family, both parents. Right. Sure. Um, my all my sisters, there's been three Hispanic husbands, and now their kids are super ethnically mixed, right? Because yeah. we're not. Mexican, but you know, but there have been three, history. um, my, my sister, Dina, her husband, who unfortunately has just recently passed Aaron greatest guy in the world. Hmm. He's African-American. Oh, wow. Okay. He's also military Headman. Yeah. there's some diversity. Now I didn't even put that on the list. Right. So, yeah. um, my oldest son, Caesar, his wife, Mariko, well, she's half Japanese, half Norwegian. Wow. So they're, that's diverse, right? Yeah. Um, my my daughter, Kristen, she's Polish and English and Scandinavian married to a guy who's German and Irish and a mix of other stuff. So you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. In a room, we don't all look the same, but by some standards, we are a super diverse family. My, I'm talking about mine, right? Sure. And by other standards, we're not racially mixed enough because we don't look like a Benetton advertisement.
1: Man, I've never thought of it in that lens. Like even uh, even a family that appears to be the same color in the same room, or like when my mom comes over there, we add this level of complexity because diversity is so much more than just skin color, right?
0: I wanted to start there. Yeah. I wanted to start there because we can't talk about diversity because like you really have a lot of it, more than you know. So when you're looking around and going, we should be more diverse as a church or a missional community, it's like, well, we're pretty there's diverse. probably more to go. Sure. And, and, and then we're going to talk about the heart issue behind why we're not in some ways, but you might be pretty diverse already, you know? Well, you know,
1: and it seems like there's a lot being written these days uh, about churches becoming more diverse, yep. especially like ethnically speaking is something that seems most people are up for and actually really want more yeah. of. Who wouldn't, right? I think so. And because the gospel is intended for all, wouldn't churches and missional communities do a better or even maybe a more accurate way of representing the family of God if they became a more multicultural and diverse community?
0: Well, you kind of ask two things there like, is everybody up for it? And then, you know, since the gospel is for all, sure, that's what scripture says, um, should we want more of it? Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And so, well, in fact, Digging around a little bit on the old interwebs, uh, Lifeway Research, which is connected to Southern Baptist, yep. and a huge publisher, and they do a lot of research, and Ed Stetzer heads up a bunch of that. They found that fifty this recent survey, 53% of churchgoers disagreed with this following statement. Okay, buckle up. My church needs to become more ethnically diverse. Wow. 53% disagreed. In other words, the majority of believers are comfortable with the level or lack <laughs> of diversity that exists in their church. Wow. Now, in addition... This survey said only twenty percent of pastors and s- staff even speak about racial reconciliation and other forms of diversity. Huh. So those those statistics are pretty disappointing. Absolutely. To me. I'm like bummed. <laughs> That's actually
1: shocking to me. Those numbers.
0: Yeah, but you know this is probably like you know the blind double like secret sur- you know survey. So you can just <laughs> yeah. s- say what you wish. It's like no yeah. one was voting for Trump, but he won. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. Right? Or whatever. You know? someone did. You know, um, but I think the current evangelical and cultural environment probably lends itself to the church embracing action on this issue. I really, yep. I really do. Okay, but here's the thing. What I've seen and read about the need for more cultural diversity and a more cultural church and how it reflects what the Bible teaches, there's a lot out there on it, like you were saying. I have to say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, not so fast, hmm. okay? And this is where some people are going to go like, whoa, oh, what do you say? Hold on, just trust us. <laughs> sure. First off, the passage is most often cited as proof that the church should be diverse ethnically, are usually actually twisted into a church service pr- perspective, huh. okay? Like, they're not talking about the church, capital C, worldwide. Yeah, they're talking a, about the institution. Worldwide. Right? They're talking yeah. about church services. Yep. That, that's all they're—and and they— and by the way, church services are something we never saw in Scripture. Okay, so mm. those scriptures can't be about that. So one prominent author—I'm not going to name him—but he's—he's this is his jam, and he's an advocate for cultural diversity within the church. Uses these three verses to prove, quote unquote, prove that our churches should be multicultural, proven by Scripture. Mm. I don't disagree with his premise, but his proof of it mm, okay. kind of bad hermeneutic. So first, he uses John 17. 20 to 23, he says, Christ envisioned, he says it this way, he says, Christ envisioned the multi-ethnic church on the night before he died. And he points to John 17 for that. And here's mm-hmm. what it says. Jesus, you, you know the situation, right? Yep. Um, My prayer is not for them alone. Now he's talking about his disciples, those 12 guys. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their work, their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I'm in you. One of my favorite passages, by the way. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Yeah. Okay, so nothing about diversity yet here. I've given them the glory that you gave me. or who I am because I'm like you. I'm giving that to them now. That they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me well, wait a minute, that has nothing yeah, to not do with Jesus praying about and envisioning a multi-ethnic church. I don't know how you possibly twist that into that. has nothing to do with that. <laughs> nothing at all. Yeah. Anyway, but that's really commonly cited. Okay, here's another verse often cited as reason or proof for this. There again, I'm for it, but I'm just like, wait a minute, trying to make a case from scripture could be some, there's some way twisting going on. Um, he, uh, the same author says Luke describes the alt the multi ethnic church at Antioch in Acts eleven, okay, and okay. then a little bit in thirteen. Um, so he basically here is what's going on. He's he's talking about Stephen here and and um, and what's going on when he was killed, right? Stephen was you know uh, martyred. So the verse starts in nineteen. It goes now those who've been scattered by the persecution that broke out when when Stephen was killed when he was martyred, they traveled far away as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the words not only to Jews. because they were now they were going out into some of the Greek territories. Some of them, however, it goes on in verse 20 says men from Cyprus and Cyrene. They went to Antioch and they began to speak to Greeks also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. They're speaking to them, telling them the good news about the Lord, because they had learned. Wait a minute. The new covenant is for everybody. Woo! Right. Good news. That's that's what's going on in the gospel. The Lord's hand was with them and the the great number of people believed in turn of the Lord. Now it goes on. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, back to the Jewish base camp, right? Okay. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch, and when he arrived, he saw that the grace of God, what God had done. And he was glad, and he was encouraged, and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord and what they have been taught. And he was a good man, full of faith and spirit, and a great number of people bought. Now, what's going on there? Hmm. Uh, bought in, you know? Um, that's just saying that the gospel went out to new neighborhoods, yep. new villages, and some believed And the Jews who, you know, Jesus was a Jew and who'd started there, were stoked. But what it doesn't say is, and so they drug them all back so they could feel more diverse, jammed them into the temple, and and dressed them up like Jewish people and forced them to be circumcised. Now, Hmm. remember, there were some that wanted that. Sure. It was actually forbidden. That's crazy. Remember when Paul and Jerusalem, they all got into the battle? They're like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? He's going, you, they... (laughs) The gospel is super diverse. Yeah, but you don't have to make them you or make them sit next to you and look different. But kind of do what you do. That that's not what's going on. They huh. were still an Aniak. They were still, you know, amongst their tribe. And I'm guessing, based on some people's understanding of diversity, they go like, "Well, wow, Aniak wasn't very diverse." Sure. <laughs> Man, but the gospel's super diverse. That. Yeah, yeah, and this is why I want to start here because I we I think there's a lot of red herrings. Yeah, exactly. I'm for it. I'm against it. Uh, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, and then there's you know I'm not going to get into reading them all, but there's passages of the global end times. You know, forever that that forever church in the end times that we sure. read about in Revelations, and those passages are cited as well. But that is certainly not referencing a giant heavenly church service when it says, you know, that all tongues and all nations and tribes will worship together. Yep. That's not referencing a church service, but that's what people believe. Sure, That's what the church envisions. Because of Revelations, that's what we should make our church service look like. Listen, if you're in a neighborhood where that is—your neighborhood is pretty homogenous— Yeah. Well, guess what? It might not. Just like Antioch, there wasn't a whole bunch of Jews that moved to Antioch to like just hang out. Sure, just so they could diversify it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Now you see in Ephesus, it was kind of that way, which is kind of my favorite city because that city was that ethnically diverse. Hmm. So people were trading and buying and selling and coming and going. It was a port city, and they generally didn't get along. But when the gospel united their hearts in Christ and they all became one, like we just read, all of a sudden they were kind of hanging out and digging it, and that was a unique situation, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That and I've traveled so cool. all over the world and I've sat like, as the only white guy in like, you know, church services, like all over the world I've done this. I don't even know how many times. And I just sit there and I can't sing in their language because I don't know it. And it's beautiful. And uh-huh. I go, Lord, someday this might happen. But it's not a church service in heaven that we're all dying to go to. Remember, heaven's on earth. Yeah, God here. comes back here. He yep. restores all things. And when we hear those things in Revelation, it's all tribes and all tongues will praise and worship him. Not sitting in the same row. You know, I mean, it's just, they're saying as a life, as a understanding of now, it's all been made clear, every people from every tribe and nation are going to be saved and get it. Yeah, Beautiful. Okay. So I guess to summarize all that, Heath, is everyone's talking about diversity in a church. What they're really talking about, and I've, man, I looked, I looked at a lot of books. I looked at tons of posts and articles. What they're really talking about diversity churches, they're talking about diversity in the church service. Okay. And all the tips it's and, you know, and steps for becoming a more culturally diverse church and the books that are out there have to do what I found exclusively with ways to attract different ethnicities to your church service. You know, Mm -hmm. via things like having more people of color on your stage, stage, why do you even need, you know, um, singing, you know, um, making sure, you know, don't have your whole team up there singing. Like, you know, maybe have a choir once in a while, have a black choir. If you I don't have any black. okay. You know, maybe have someone up giving announcements or on your staff. That's key. Well, I w it would be, but what if it's our, what if it's completely artificial? Or something. Yeah. You know, on your brochures that you hand out in, the, in your white neighborhood, make sure it looks like a Benetton ad. You know, there's like yeah. get the Asian I know people like buy his, stock photos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To make it look so, diverse. Anyway, that's, that's what I'm saying is so much of the proof out there and what people are pointing to is wrong looking and wrong use of Scripture. And it's not even like they're not really talking about living diverse and ethnically letting the gospel heal and change us so that we don't look at a, a sconce we don't look badly at people that are different from us and might challenge our worldview and all that, and and oh, they smell differently and their food smells differently. I don't, I don't like spicy stuff, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, let's let the gospel do all that. But is is Scripture saying that we're somehow supposed to have this giant diverse church service? No, I would love that, sure, but I just don't you think wouldn't. you can make the case for it from like that. Not with yeah. those verses. <laughs> no. Okay, so if Scripture is
1: not talking about each local church, which always met in homes and throughout normal life as each one kind of being this panacea of cultural diversity, but rather the capital C Church, universal being as wide and as diverse as the nations, then what should we be looking for when it comes to our localized missional communities and and oikoses? Yeah, great
0: question. Um, I think we're looking to be as diverse as our setting, as the neighborhoods we live mm-hmm. and make disciples within. Okay? Okay. Okay. Um, and we, we don't we don't want to be isolated and separated within our community. So um I've lived places my grew up where I was the only white person on my bus in high school. Okay. Okay. Now there was others in the neighborhood that were white, but hardly any, and none in my high school apparently, because I was the only guy on the bus, literally. And there was other ethnicities. There was African Americans, there was uh Puerto Rican, Mexican, there was some Slavic still around. But but anyway, but that was super diverse. But you know, were there people that then still isolated up? Yep. Was there like pockets of just completely white church right in the middle of a black neighborhood? Yep. And vice versa? Hmm. Absolutely. because it runs both ways. Sure. And like I was kind of mentioning at the beginning of the show, I've been told this by African-Americans and African-American leaders. Like, listen, man, this runs both ways. Hmm. Like I have, in fact, what I was told is that from this person's and these people's experience that they are very welcomed when they go to predominantly Anglo churches, hmm. but they go, but I don't see that the same way in our predominantly African American churches. You've uh-huh. kind of looked upon a, whoa, what do you, That's fascinating. What do you, yeah, I, you know, now is that everybody's experience? No, sure. it's clearly not. I'm just telling you, that's what I've experienced and heard. So, um, we, we, but we want to look as diverse as the neighborhood we live in, but also not trying to artificially create a false community by trying to import people, of different ethnicities into our MC or a group time. Sure. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so if you live in a neighborhood that's very diverse, then I think over time, as you incarnate and you love on people and you love what they love and you love their kids and all, your community, dare I say should, will yeah. begin to look as diverse as where you live. Unless you are choosing to be a separatist and an isolationist. Yeah. So what are some practical steps to intentionally growing a missional community that's more diverse in every area? Okay. okay. So first off, I'm going to move through these pretty quick. Stop me, you know, uh, whatever you want. Um, remember, a missional community is not a weekly meeting, first okay. off. Just like a church service is just two hours a week. It's like, is that the whole life of that capital C church, which is people? It's not. Um, It's life and community. A mission community is life and community, daily together with believers and not yet believers. You got to remember that. So who are you doing life with? Hmm. Okay. Secondly, we need to incarnate and be among the people and people group that God's called you to specifically make disciples of and with. Right. Right. Just like I've known people that said, listen, I feel like in my neighborhood there's uh, people from East India, you know, Indian people, sure. and they're like, that's who God's called us to make disciples among. Is that all that's there? No, but that's our calling. So huh. guess what? Their group doesn't look all super crazy diverse because that's who they're called to. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. Is, and you, and, and I, I know we could hide behind it and go like, well, I'm just called to white people or you know, I'm sure. just called to Hispanics because I'm Hispanic. No, like, well, who has God called you to specifically to make disciples of and among and with? Okay. Uh, If you currently have an ethnic diversity and you want to see it increase, okay, because you do have some beautiful, awesome, because you're living amongst it and you've been out incarnating, right? Well, and you want to see it grow, make sure that those who are ethnically different than you are also trained as leaders. They're allowed to lead, have voice, have opinion, bring Mm. their lifestyle and flavors and musical choices and food, all that into it. Make sure that they're also building new relationships within their own ethnic base of friendships locally yep right so they're not trying you're not trying to remove them like they used to do you know they go into a tribe and then all of a sudden that one family from the tribe that's 900 and you know it's nine 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 point nine 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 percent that tribe and then your family is the missionary family they would export them boom now they're hanging out with like the one white family exclusively and then another missionary family that comes it's like wait a minute now stay in your stay in your tribe man you know absolutely so that's key um and then also, fourth, stop believing that since in heaven all nations and ethnicities will worship Jesus together, that your own little MC in your neighborhood, that may or may, may, or may not be all that ethnically diverse, should artificially look differently, otherwise you're somehow doing it wrong. Yeah. Can I, should I say that again? Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, like, like, so we don't miss this. You yeah, know, what I, I think mean? it's like, helpful. Like, stop believing that you're doing it wrong. You know, unless you somehow can look across your living room and it's crazy, ethnically diverse, but your neighborhood's not sure. So you you know what I mean? Like I, and I'm all for it again. I know some people are flipping out. Oh, people can just hide behind it. Back to that list. Don't let's not make diversity in the kingdom of God. So small that what racists do is make it about skin color only. Yeah. It's one of the things. And it's a big one. And right now it's a hot button one. I get it. I get it.
1: You know, even as you're talking, I'm thinking about any time that you invite or mesh cultures, there's going to be, uh, changes that people have to react to, right? There's going to be new rhythms and differences of opinion and a whole assortment of change. How can a missional community grow together through these changes rather than it becoming, uh, something that forces a community to lose momentum. Okay. Good question.
0: Um, and, I could probably take like a whole episode in each of these i'm, I'm not i'm just gonna give it to you sure. um and something to think it's like hey like count the costs or like if you're building a house right um and then if people want to like jump on our facebook group and like you know push on some of these or dig in deeper yeah uh, or You know, fill this up a little bit thicker, whatever, please do. And maybe we'll do a follow up episode. Yeah. So, like, don't feel like, you know, there's not one, it's not a one way conversation. It doesn't need to be. Okay. So, here's some things. um, You know, seeing diverse believers walk, work, worship God together as a family, it's beautiful. However, like you said, man, uh, there will be some obstacles to overcome, just like when you get married. (laughs) You know, it's not the exact same culture. Yeah. They came from a different culture, you know? So, here are um, a handful of common challenges that you might encounter. Okay. Uh, Personal. Like, this is hard for me. I feel uncomfortable. I don't know what to do around people of this ethnicity because I never met them before. That's personal. You're going to have to work on that between you and the Lord. Read some stuff. Be honest about it, though. Yeah, press into it a little bit. Yeah, press in, but be honest. Um, Here's another challenge. Theological or spiritual ones. Like, we don't believe exactly the same things, Hmm. which requires work. By the way, um, westernized evangelical Christianity uh either reformed or you know not reformed or you know whatever like there's big differences there already but people who come from other countries sure. and maybe who come from some of the larger way older mainline denominations they have a completely different way of reading scripture hmm. like we're westerners trying to read an Eastern book and an yeah. Eastern religion you know we so get it wrong. Yeah. there's gonna be a lot of that and and like be open because that's part of God's diversity at work to shape us in our hearts yeah. um philosophical differences now there's like worldview and priorities and and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, sure. right? There's practical differences. Like when we eat, you know, we were just in uh, Finland and we've been in Norway a bunch. They eat at all different times and they eat four times a day. It's hmm. just different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just different. So how we play, uh, here's one. There'll be a big one. Okay. How you raise your kids and how you discipline. Oh yeah. Big one, yep. big one. Okay, so learn, bend. You know, ask why. Ask good questions. You know, build trust, but ask questions. Maybe there's something better than the way you do it or your parents did it. You know, oh, my yeah. parents do it this way. I always turn out fine. Well, yeah, it's a big old world. You know, yeah. um, there's cross cultural differences, meaning they may not understand you uh, either, or or they live as a, min- a minority, or maybe they grew up really isolated within their ethnicity, and so it's actually a big leap for them to even join your. Predominantly fill in the blank group. Yeah. Right? That's yep. gonna be one. And then relational, like what friendships look like. How much time do friends spend together? Uh, is it a whole lot more than you're used to, a whole lot less? What What does it mean to be family, quote unquote, how a family interacts, how much time you spend together in this community where they go like, this is so awesome and great. Or they're going like, this isn't nearly enough. Like, why do we hate each other? So, you know. yeah. so all those relational differences are going to have to be bridged as well. So
1: yeah, And I think about too, that because this is a family, it's not a program, family works together to work things out, right? So there's differences. You press in, you lean in, you're honest, you're gracious to one another rather than yeah, you know, I don't like this. Uh, I don't like this Bible study. It just doesn't fit my family. We're gone. It's
0: yeah, like, what? No, what? No. Press yeah. into this. Yeah,
1: press into some of the software. And, and I
0: think a kind of an overall arching thing is to remember we've all been adopted. Yep. Yeah according to scripture, back into God's family. Yep. And so if you were adopted into a blended family, you would just naturally go like, well, yeah, I got brothers and sisters from all kinds of different stuff, but we're a family. So whenever running up against these differences uh, and, you know, stuff feels awkward and all, always ask yourself, well, what would a healthy family who has God as their daddy and yep. Jesus as their brother and has the power of the indwelt spirit of God living in them? How would we deal with it as a family? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. It's good. A like healthy family, you know, like, like, Different than all of ours because we're adopted into a common family. So there you That's go. It's a good word, ma'am. All right, brother. Hey, let's get to the big three.
1: The big three are the three, if you had to boil it all down, what we want you to walk away with. Three takeaways. We've got it all written out beautifully for you, ready to print off, and you can get it for free by going to
0: 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Caesar, what would you say the big three are for this week? Okay. Uh, first one, diversity isn't something that happens automatically which should be clear from history. Yeah. It's something that takes place and grows through our intentionality. And, and I would say humility, right? But most of us live in a pretty diverse community. If we choose to acknowledge and celebrate all the differences that God has already brought together, hmm. like start there. Like even when we feel like, boom, our skin matches, like there's so much stuff we don't like about each other. And you know, we won't yeah. grow. So true life giving relationships with others different than ourselves. It takes humility. And so we'll have to lay down our pride in any snobbery that we have. It's yep. kind of hidden away, but it's there. And be willing to include and learn from, and guess what? Even follow others.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Number two. Number two. Um, cultural and ethnic diversity is a beautiful picture of what God is like. And yeah. all humans are created in God's own super diverse, apparently, image, including you, mm. <laughs> including me. Uh, God loves everyone as much as he loves you. And Jesus died for the sins of everyone, regardless of their age, their skin color, their ethnic background, or their opinions, or how yeah. they voted. Um, and we can discover more of what God is like when we embrace the differences, not the similarities, yep. the differences. We'll learn more about what God's like by embracing the difference in others and then looking for their divine reflection of God. Hmm. Okay. Third one, start by embracing the wide range of cultural and experiential differences that already exist within your missional community. I think it'd be a great discussion to have within the community. Is like even put up whiteboard papers or whiteboards or whatever sure. sticky pages, and write out all these things. And like maybe starting with that list that we mentioned, and go like, wow, there is so much to learn from one another. Let others with different backgrounds and opinions challenge your thoughts and your beliefs and your preferences. I have friends that. Purposely do this. Like a buddy of mine just posted, like, I'm reading this and this and this and this. It's so different than everything I've ever been taught spiritually or theologically. It's yeah. really been in my head. It's so good for me, right? Well, that's it. bold. Uh, learn to bear with one another in ways that reflect the love of God that you've received. I think how much bearing with God's doing with me or you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. Or you listener. Um, if you live in a neighborhood that is more ethnically diverse than your current group. You know, then look for regular outward focused activities to build new relationships of trust Hmm. with with others, right? That are different than you. Don't expect them to automatically love and understand you, okay? Stay humble, be patient, trust the Spirit to guide you in all of it.
1: Thanks, ma'am. There's a big
0: three for the week. Again, you can get them for free by going to 123lifeschool.com
1: forward slash big three. We'll get those right away to you. Hey, next week, uh, we're going to talk about why all serious players on any team. Or any even serious disciple makers actually need a coach. Like, yeah. who is your coach, right? Who's your coach? Do yeah. you need one? Would you like to have someone help you, like with call plays and to develop strategy for your family and your community on mission to make disciples? We're going to kind of unpack that a little We're bit. Next at all week. That, yeah. So join us next week for that. Yep. Uh, thanks for being See with us today. Yeah. yeah. For more information, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>